listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison. The time has come for America to hear the truth. We are going to stand with them, and not only are we going to fight for their rights, we're going to stand up for our rights here in our state, in our homes, and in our community. in the United States of America is not going to be decided in the courts. It's not going to be decided in Congress. It's not going to be decided on talk radio. And it sure is not going to be decided on Fox News. Solidarity Sometime next week on WHIV in New Orleans, Louisiana. Today we are talking to Austin Kaiser from Obed Edom about music. We're talking to Daniel Sweat, paralegal extraordinaire, about the miners that were arrested last week. Maybe taking some calls and more on today's Valley Labor Report. Uh, so remember, folks, every Saturday, including this Saturday, the North Alabama DSA has a necessities drive from 3 to 5 p.m. at the IBEW Local 558 Union Hall on Clinton Avenue, right across from Yellowhammer and Campus 805. So bring your non-perishable food items, your PPE, clothes, blankets, all that kind of stuff, and your donations will be forwarded to the Manor House. You can follow at DSA North Alabama on Twitter for more information. If you want to see what we're up to throughout the week and get our snide quips about the news of the day, then you should follow us on social media. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Valley Labor Report. We're on Twitter at Labor Reporters. I'm on Twitter at Jacob M underscore Day L. And if you miss part of the show and want to go back and watch it later, you can search YouTube for the Valley Labor Report and subscribe to our channel. You can go back and watch the full show there. And uh, we also clip segments and release them throughout the week uh, so that uh, if you don't want to watch the full show, you can just select a topic and see what we have to say about that. We also upload the program on more than 11 different podcasting apps. So to see if we are on your listening platform of choice, go to thevalleylaborreport.transistor.fm slash subscribe. We've got a website where you can buy our hats and our stickers, thevalleylaborreport.org. And finally, if you appreciate our work and want to help us stay on the air, then consider throwing us a couple dollars a month on patreon.com slash thevalleylaborreport. 
All right, so good morning, everybody. Um, let's, uh, uh, David, if you want to come over here, uh, because this was your this was your guest, so or, or you, you, you're the one that booked him. So uh, I'm going to be switching spots with David here in just a second. But we have got Austin Kaiser from Obed Edom. Uh, you will recognize him if you are an online listener. Uh, their music is uh, the music that brings us into the show every weekend. So Austin, Thank you so much for allowing us to use your music, and uh, thank you for coming into the studio and talking with us today, and uh, David's going to take it over for here. Thanks, Austin. Oh, Thanks, David. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'll take it over from here. <laughs> what a cluster to start the morning. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing good. Good, good. How are you? Good. So, yeah, I'm not hearing much through these headphones either. So, uh... I guess, I mean, where do you want to start? I I was kind of hoping to start with your influences because, like, when we we reached out last year early on, the, uh, and I think Brad Posey shared my posts, and you were like, yeah, "Yeah, you can use ours. I think that was how I found you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then then we were kind of wanting to find somebody with, like, I mean, we didn't want, like, a racist band. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, like, a Nazi band. Right. Which, and so we seen yours, and then, like, the first thing I seen on your band camp was uh, the donations for the band camp, or, you know, the, the purchases from this one album on band camp was going to the Huntsville Bell Fund. And I was like, right. this guy has got a shit to get has got his stuff together <laughs> so but yeah tell, what 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 was your influences early on because this is some this is some mind warped music really musically yeah um well there's like six of us in the band rotating kind of i mean we're at a pretty fixed lineup now but it's a lot of different guys with a lot of different influences i mean i think we all tend to kind of you know go for the same kind of left field sort of stuff but obviously there's common touch points with like pink floyd and everything that everybody likes that kind of stuff more the like uma guma you know the kind of like long form psychedelic stretched out stuff that was kind of like an obvious touch point for everybody uh for me you know i love like radiohead uh swans bands that are um i don't know take a take a different approach to the structure of songs i guess so they're not necessarily always just having the standard verse chorus thing it could be like a 15 minute long build up to something (laughs) and um that's a big part of it i think is kind of the the live experience with something that we think about a lot uh i don't know if it comes through in in the records or not i hope it does but uh, you know a big part of music for me is the physicality of it and being able to feel the actual sound waves hitting you and kind of be in that trancey state where you know it might just be one chord riffing for a long time but if the if the beat's right and everything and the environment's right, it's kind of like being in a sweat lodge or something. And then there's this sort of like, you know, I mean, not to get too grandiose with it, but when, when music is at its best, it can be kind of like 
almost a spiritual type of experience when it's hitting you like that yeah so that's what we wanted to try to approximate and um kind of like minimalism of like steve reich philip glass but played with you know very loud heavy instruments so it's kind of a mixture of minimalism and maximalism i guess yeah structured minimally that's pretty cool and it's strange because the ones that like the ones that that i really enjoy that whenever i first started going through your collection that i kind of uh you know thought hey these guys are listening to this like my favorites were ohm or sun right or, or, yeah. or baroness uh, it sounds like you know like yeah those are all great yeah but so you didn't even mention those but well, it kind of goes to show you that the, yeah. that, that you know different influences kind of com- com- are all combined there and i guess generational yeah uh, the difference i mean I, I i saw sun a couple years ago so yeah they're definitely not like unfamiliar to me they were playing in a cave yeah uh, that you know that venue up in tennessee pelham yeah. the caverns yeah saw them there that was a pretty cool experience that was before the pandemic and everything it was 2019 i think but it's a big cavern venue and yeah they're like kind of you know thought of as one of the loudest bands on the planet but it's not like punishing because there's no drums or anything it's just like a very loud long sustained like heavy drone that you just like feel in your chest so yeah but that seems like y'all are kind of going with yeah, the same it's, type it's, idea it's, of it's right of you get into this uh like you said it, it it's almost spiritual and you know you just you kind of you kind of move out of your mind for a second and just and feel everything coming in and, and even with this latest one that you uh released this past week was kind of the same way it it's uh yeah that was a very um that song's mostly like electronic um actually there's very little guitar or anything on there it's mostly synthesizers um but yeah it goes for the same th- kind of thing um where it's just sort of this you know you get sucked into it and then it's very um rhythmic and repetitive and i don't know you have to be in in a mood for it i guess but uh or maybe it puts you in the mood for it yeah maybe you know (laughs) it's definitely not going to be for everybody i mean that's probably one of the weirder ones that's going to be on our album that we're putting out we're putting out our first actual full-length album that we're slowly in the process of recording we've been recording it in our own studio since august of last year and i don't know when we'll be done with it but that was the first track from it i don't know if i'd even call it a song necessarily but it's the first track uh that was kind of at a state that we could share but probably not much else on the uh album is going to sound too similar to that we're kind of going all over the place with it we're trying to incorporate some jazz influence too on other things which might be haphazard but we're going to try to do it no, I don't think anything's haphazard when it comes to music. I mean, yeah. you know, that's that's the reason people listen. You know, they they want to experience something that they hadn't experienced before. You know, I think most people, most people that actually enjoy music, you know, so that you got people that listen to the radio and it runs in the background, and then you got people that like right get into the music and lose ourselves and and y'all's music is is, is that type. That right, it's can, not necessarily 
easy listening type stuff. I mean, I don't want to sound too like um, trying to be too academic with it or congratulatory. It's you know, it's it's just if you're listening to certain kinds of bands, um, they're a very intentional sort of listening. You know, it's not something you'd listen to if you're undecided if you'd rather be playing <laughs> ping pong or something. <laughs> but um, but if you're if you have the mindset for it and wanna. Um, you know, put on headphones and take a walk and specifically be listening to music. It's, I guess, for that kind of person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty cool. I, Adam, I have no clue what kind of time. Where are we at on. on... No commercials. Oh, that's right. Yeah, no you're commercials. good. No Look commercials this morning. So cool. So, and, and, and so whenever, whenever I reached out to you the other week, it was specifically because you had graciously allowed us to play, I mean, y'all's music and, I, we can't thank you enough because believe it or not it's it's easy i mean we can pick out anybody's music we want on the radio but when we go on to youtube it's a whole different scenario because licensing and things like mm-hmm. that and the fact that uh we were getting like certain portions of our videos cut out because we didn't have the licenses and you get you, muted and such yeah. yeah and you try to reach out to the the the, the like one of the ones was Woody Guthrie's uh, All You Fascists, you know, and we were like, I can, we'll reach out to his folks and see if we can't purchase a lot. It's a nightmare, man. Yeah, there's a lot of labels and other things you would have to go through. But yeah, we're about as uh, independent as it gets. So, yeah, <laughs> you just got to talk to me. <laughs> you can just, just ask. Yeah. But, but I saw that y'all were doing this, uh, this, uh, like festival over mm-hmm. in Huntsville, uh, and right. with XY Spaces, one of the bands from my hometown. My kids grew up with uh, with them, and oh, I really, yeah, yeah. And I've I've went and seen them a couple of times, and they are they they were like probably as far as local bands, one of my favorite bands, and right. But then y'all are in with them, and then there's like two other ones. That, right, there's a Drop Diver. Um, they play kind of like you know like energetic punk kind of stuff okay but, cool but but i think there's like a you know a depth to it it's not like uh sex pistols or something that not the not that those are bad or anything but there's there's a richness to the you know sometimes punk is really just very stark and um i think they really fill it out a lot though uh and the other band is evelina which is a brand new band but it's uh composed of guys who've been in a ton of other local bands over the years my uh the drummer the drummer from my band is uh jacob stewart it's it's his new band that he started so he's kind of playing guitar and stuff with them and they're like a very um kind of like alternative or avant-garde metal type thing uh it's very like heavy but um, it's very well composed, and it kind of reminds me of like Death Heaven or something. I don't know if some people might be familiar with that, but it's a uh, so they're great, and that'll be the first show they've they've really played. But they're all longtime musicians. Yeah, well, for a lot of us, it's going to be the first show that anybody's been able to see for. I mean, a year and a half, you know, right. we were talking before we come on air about, you know, are people going to come out and see it and things like that? And, you know, I just can't imagine people not. It, I mean, at this point, 
you could roll out the Huntsville Symphony Orchestra in Bridge <laughs> Street, and I'm going to be down there just because people are throwing their bras on stage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, well, it's been a year and a half. Well, come on, we're ready for it. Yeah, yeah but, but I mean, truthfully, it's just to the point where everybody. I mean, I think for I know for for my family, that's the one thing that we've missed more than anything is to actually be able to go experience that that. Uh, communication between the the audience and the bands, right? And, and feel that closeness to something. Yeah, we're very excited to do it for that reason. Um, yeah, I was saying it's been since February of last year since we last played a show right before the pandemic took off, and um, so this will be the first thing we've done since then. And yeah, we decided to kind of try to organize a a large thing. Um, the bass player in my band, Ben Job, he also runs a music nonprofit in Huntsville called Spice Radio. So they also put on shows anyway. So he has a lot of resources for that kind of thing. So we occasionally will uh, take it upon ourselves to kind of, you know, promote and organize our own show. Uh, we've done that once before at Straight to Ale a couple years ago at Halloween. We had a really big show that was really fun and had a big turnout, but that was. I mean, we put it on. Basically, they gave us the space to do it, but we brought all of the PAs and the soundboards and, you know, all of that. And uh, that's kind of what we're doing again here. So this is um, it's going to be at Lee Acres on June 26th, which is a Saturday. Lee Acres is a farm venue about 15 minutes outside of Huntsville, downtown Huntsville. It's in Newmarket technically, but it's, yeah, it takes 15 minutes to get there if you're in Huntsville. It's not, it's not a bad drive at all off winchester um and they're really cool uh we you know know the people who who run it um and they've kind of just set up a, a really nice like professional stage there out you know and they have land and there's all these different buildings and little airbnb type little uh tiny house things that people can stay at. and there's campgrounds there's a lake there's ducks and chickens running around and things like that um so it's a cool place and there's you know a bit more freedom in terms of i guess what you can get away with since it's private property not that we're doing anything too insane but uh we're gonna have vendors music obviously we're kind of doing it in a you know traditional faux pagan folk festival style not that any of us are like uh, legitimate adherence to that necessarily but i think some people who are coming will be and it's just, <laughs> it's just for fun you know you can take it as seriously as you want I'm gonna have a maypole that people can dance around oh wow into the night uh yeah, maybe we'll have one of those competitions where you dance until that you fall down and the last person standing is the is the may queen i don't know <laughs> the losers get cool. thrown in the lake yeah i see that on the thing they they said uh on, on the promotional they said wear white and i was like yeah i'm not a real white kind you don't of. have to wear white <laughs> we're not forcing anyone to wear white okay yeah dave if you don't have your flowery white dress you don't you know oh, we'll still let you in <laughs> i mean i may be able to pull one out from years gone by but i don't know that i'll fit in it any longer so well, <laughs> there's no judgment there but uh yeah, but I mean, yeah, I can wear it. Yeah, we'll get Jacob. To <laughs> yeah, you can try. You can try. You can fit into it. That'd be pretty. Um, 
So we have vendors, different selling different things. I think there's like someone who's like setting up a massage booth and there's a woman doing like yoga classes and then people like selling things it's just gonna be all over the place it's gonna be fun there's gonna be fire i think i'm allowed to make like a bonfire and then we're we're asking people to bring like acoustic instruments or little bongos or drums or what have you because after the we're supposed to stop the amplified music around 10 30 just because past that we might start to anger the neighbors but uh we're kind of just gonna do like a you know folky whatever everybody contribute jam session drum circle thing around the fire after that into the night however long and you can camp if you want to so you can spend the night if you book at Thule Acres it's another like 20 bucks or something to book a, a camp spot but um but if you stay we got all night to party that's pretty cool I mean yeah. you know and when is it it's June 26th right? June 26th yeah so that's um yeah right after the start of summer which is called Midsummer for some reason. Um, yeah, we're, Saturday, we're, Saturday night. We're yeah. coming out. I mean, for for certain. If I, I mean, my wife, it's kind of hit and miss with her, but uh, I hope she'll come out with us. But I, I'm certain that I'll be bringing my daughters out, so we'll, you know, we'll be able to get to meet people out there. And it sounds like you're going to have like some after the show, some interactive, right? Musical. Yeah, it's gonna. Yeah, I mean, the show, the music is, you know part of it it's a big part of it but it's not the whole thing it's also just like a community fun thing and yeah you know most people probably haven't really done anything in like this in over a year uh and it's outdoors so you know i think it's a pretty safe way to be around a lot of people yeah uh relatively you know especially if you're vaccinated i'm vaccinated so i don't i don't I'm, my worry is pretty much done with that segment of it but you know if you still want to wear a mask or whatever you can do that but I think just make be, sure it's white with flowers on yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Make sure it's got flowers. Yes. I'm yes, going to try sure. to find a mask with some flowers That'd on it. That'd be cool. So, yeah. yeah. Maybe like one of those old Arab drag, you know, the long flowing. <laughs> so I, I think that's important uh-huh. with this with this mindset. But I think it's going to be cool, especially if people actually do get involved and bring out some instruments. Because now you got me wanting to bring out my guitar. You should. And sit around with everybody and just... Well, you can sing, Dave. Well, be great. Yeah. yeah, we can all chant together. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, the cool thing is it wouldn't be, you know, it sounds like it wouldn't be just me and jacob it sounds like everybody would kind of come together collectively and just ideally it would be like quite a few people doing it um yeah whatever you have if you have like a a clarinet uh a sitar no whatever you have that can be played without being plugged in uh we'll just make a a big racket yeah that's interesting yeah that's the idea I mean, my both of all of my kids. You know, we we're a musical family. So, like, I don't have. Well, we've got one child. I've got six, or we've got six, and one that decided she really wasn't. She's into music, but she didn't really want to learn to play. But all the rest of them have been through, you know, four years of band in high school and. My youngest one, she plays like seven or eight different instruments. So I think we can scurry together. Yeah. Uh, well, they sound like they're probably um, more musically skilled than most of us, probably. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm only a musician through sheer force of will. I, you know, I don't really uh, know what I'm doing. But luckily, I surround myself with people who do have some idea, and uh, I try to, you know, speak in abstracts to them. And they're like, "Oh, he's saying that. Let's let's do this." And actually, 
put it in musical terms. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't, but I don't think, yeah, you know, you you don't give yourself enough credit because the the intro music that we use, man, it's like to me is some of the best music that I've heard. You know, whenever I heard it, I was like, I, I just can't believe that this band is not taken off because I mean, it's really there's a lot of depth to it that you don't hear in a specific genre and it don't fit into a specific genre but right uh you know well thank you uh yeah we changed it up too i don't know if i don't know what genre we are sometimes it's close to something and then sometimes it's not uh like i said every song's gonna be kind of different especially on this next thing but yeah and i'm really interested to see how it goes live because like i've listened to everything that you've got and i'm like I don't know how you can recreate that but i guess it's just this is organic you just kind of move with yeah we're gonna most of the stuff we're gonna be playing is new stuff that's not um i think we're playing like one or two songs off of the thing that we had released previously but we usually are uh kind of always doing something new i mean we only play shows even back before the pandemic you know, we'd only play shows every few months or something. So we would kind of end up doing something completely different every show. I'm sure if we were playing more frequently, you know, we would have like a regular a set list set. or something. But as is, it was kind of like we were writing new stuff in between every show. And uh, it was kind of different every time. Um, but, yeah, it will be interesting to see how we pull off some of it. We, we are planning to play that weird one that we put out the other day. So are you going to try to play that or is that just going to be like... Are y'all going to bring it in pre-mix and play it? No, it's going to be on a, um, a... I don't know what the what it's... It's, it's like a sampler machine kind yeah. of, but I mean, all the different elements of it are, are, are mixed and done live and triggered however we want to do it. It's not just like hit play on the thing. I got you. Um, but, but that is kind of the weirdest one, yeah. So everything else is done with, you know, more traditional instruments, but that's the only one where a lot of it is going to be kind of like samples and sequences of stuff that we've previously recorded but we're mixing them in live and then there will be you know real instrumentation over top of them as well but yeah it'll be a it'll be interesting to see how that goes yeah well i mean even <laughs> hopefully it's it, hopefully it's okay yeah i mean i don't you know i don't think yeah i don't think it can't go okay because it's, it's your music you know yeah. and it's what you're wanting to convey to people right so it just depends on what sounds like it depends on whatever you're feeling at the moment is kind of where it's going to go and i think that's cool i think that's probably the best type of music to listen to is when you're sitting there and interacting with the audience and the audience right. is giving you that energy back and you're like not right, right yet yeah you know? yeah we we that is a big part of what we want to do too and try to do is to have like an element of improvisation in the live shows not that it's like completely improvised but in terms of you know how long we're gonna do a certain passage you know you can write it out as long as it feels yeah, right as long as it, yeah then, exactly and then shift at the right moment yeah and build that crescendo up mm -hmm. and yeah i right. think that's 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 amazing adam just said we got like two minutes left cool. so if you will kind of touch on this where we're going to be and i don't know i mean i'd love to see jacob and adam out there but i can i can guarantee you you know barring like she's gonna be there. who 
Moonset. So there you go. My wife will be there. And then awesome. We're going to. Yeah, it's the the venue. If you want to look it up, it's called Lee Acres. L E I G H Acres. Um, yeah, it's in Newmarket. It's right near like Winchester, off of there. So if you're coming from Huntsville. You go over Chapman Mountain, turn on Moore's Mill, then turn right on Winchester, and you go down there for a few miles, and then it's it's down there. Um, it's just a private area, but it's, you know, country road. You pull off. There's plenty of parking, and if you do want to get with the venue, you are allowed to, to camp out that night, so you can party as hard as you want and stay there, and you're good. It's BYOB. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, that's important. Yeah. So... You can, and you're gonna have vendors. Are you gonna have food vendors as well? Yeah, I think we're gonna we're trying to get a couple food trucks or something. But uh, get David to set up. Yeah, I don't know about that. Not, not after I ruined that barbecue last week. <laughs> you got a smoker? Me. Yeah, that was yeah. me, man. <laughs> yeah. To the Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison, here with my co-hosts and fellow agitators David Story and Adam Keller. We are talking to Austin Kaiser from the band Obed-Edom, uh, and we've been talking about an event that they're going to be putting on on June 26th at Lee Acres. Um, this sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be BYOB. If you want to camp out that night, you can pay $20 and you can stay uh, stay the night there. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, we're, we're going to be wrapping up our conversation with him and uh, getting an update on the minor strike here in just a second. But, um, but I was curious, um, Austin, if you could tell us about the um, about your name that's always something that I like to uh, that I like to know from from bands is like oh you know wh- what was the inspiration for your name like what why did you choose Obed Edom um, well mostly because we thought it sounded cool and <laughs> and abstract it doesn't I don't know it's kind of like a um, it, when you hear it you don't necessarily have any preconceived notions of what that band might sound like and so we liked that element of it. Uh, it was me and my friend David kind of started the band, and we had been just kicking around just like dozens and dozens of ideas of names, and he pulled that one out. That's a thing from it's some obscure character in the Old Testament uh, who was like a some kind of non-Jewish uh, guardian of the Ark of the Covenant or something. And um, I can pretend that there's some deep uh, connection to to our music through that, but really, he just pulled that name out. And we thought it sounded cool. It reminded me of like Amon Amarth or something, you know, just some like just like vague, kind of spooky, cool sounding name. And uh, so that's what we went with. Are Sounds you guys cool. all from Huntsville area, like mm-hmm. North Alabama? Yep. Uh, yeah, we've all at least lived in Huntsville for most of our lives. I mean, I've known most of these guys for years and years and years. Um, some of them I played in other bands with, you know, 10 years ago. Um, so we just kind of hadn't been doing much. I mean, they're all, a lot of them are in other bands as well, but a few years ago we kind of reconnected over, hey, let's do something together and kind of 
make a little more free form and long form and strange and just kind of see if we can push some buttons <laughs> so we've been doing it ever since then well, that's awesome, awesome, Austin and Endo. Like we've said before, we really appreciate you allowing us to use your work. Adam said that uh, uh, you've got at least uh, one new fan from. from <laughs> yeah. He said that uh, before the show started that that somebody got turned on to y'all's music yeah. from uh, from our intro. And stuff, I said that so. was a one hundred percent increase in our fan base. So uh, yeah, so thank so you guys like it's too. Paid off. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> So yeah, you got your you, money's worth anyway, if there's right? Any, right, if there's any other radio uh, shows out there who want free um, intro music, hit me up. You know, yeah, yeah. Maybe well, I'll get two more fans. Yeah, I feel like you've at least gotten your money's worth from the royalty fees that we pay you. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> Believe it or not, there are not that many labor union-themed radio shows. And, uh, yeah, I was, well, that was also music. why this one was uh, surprising to me, because... Um, I was also talking to you guys about that earlier. I, you know, I've lived here in Alabama most of my life, and I wasn't aware that there was much of a union presence at all anywhere in the South. Um, so it was surprising and cool to me that there was a a show that's actually on FM radio that um, focuses on those kind of issues. So yeah, I'm happy to 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 have our music associated with it. I think you guys do good work, and I'm glad you. you do it. Thank well, I appreciate you. it, Austin. Thank you very much. And uh, so, anything else you'd like to say before uh, before we wrap? Not particularly. Come out to the show June 26th. Hope to see you guys there. We're going right. to have fun. Thank you, guys. All awesome. right. Yeah, Austin, I'm going to plan to be there. Cool. All right. Uh, so, folks, could you hand me my phone? Austin, would you care to do that real quick? I got to text. The... Yeah, you can just unplug it. Um, yeah, so folks, uh, we've been talking to Austin Kaiser. Thank you so much for coming in to the station, uh, to the studio to chat with us. Really enjoyed it. Um, if any other musicians are out there and you're interested in you know partnering with us or, or having us uh, promote your music, uh, mm -hmm. we can't afford to pay you anything, but hey, if, <laughs> uh, if you believe in mutual aid like we believe yeah, in mutual yeah, right, aid, right. Uh, hit us up. Yep. Yep. Uh, and so, so uh, like he said, make sure you come out to uh, Lee Acres on June the 26th. Sounds like it's going to be a good time. Uh, at least me and David and his family is going to be there. Sounds like Adam and uh, uh, his wife may try to come out. So uh, it, it's going to be a it's going to be a good time. We're really looking forward to it. And so uh, next up, we're going to be talking um, to Daniel Sweat. He is a. I'm not sure if he's actually like a paralegal. I'm not. I'm not sure if that would be his title or not but uh he is incredibly smart um we talked to him some last weekend on our marathon uh live stream and he's going to be giving us an update on the minor strike and and so before he calls in while uh, while we're waiting for him to call in if you're listening daniel the phone number is 1-866-494-9866 again that phone number is 1-866-494-9866 um um, anybody else wants to call in we can talk uh, we can talk to y'all as well um, but so the uh, 
last weekend, you know, we raised uh, about seventy thousand uh, dollars for the striking coal miners down in Brookwood. We are really excited, uh, uh, the, uh, really happy that we were able to do that. Uh, the money has been transferred from our PayPal account to our bank account now, so we are going to be coordinating with the uh, with the union to uh, write them that big fat check. Uh, hoping to get that to them next week, and um, I'm just so proud of everybody that came together and everybody that uh, that donated, everybody that helped organize the event, everybody that talked to us on stream. I mean, it was just such a, like, it was so cool to be able to be a part of that. And, uh, you know, just, just to recap really quick, the reason that we did that is because there are 1,100 coal miners and their families out on strike at Warrior Met Coal in Brookwood, Alabama. And uh, they're doing that because they do not have a fair contract. Um, they, uh, uh, like about 2015... They got uh, um, the company that they worked for went bankrupt. And long story short, the workers uh, gave them a lot of concessions in order to uh, keep the company sol- uh, to keep the company solvent. They took six dollar an hour pay cuts. They took cuts to their overtime compensation, all kinds of stuff. And um, and so that was five years ago. And then in April, the contract expired. Expired on April first, the contract expired, and the comp the company refused to uh, give them what they lost, or even uh, even get closer to what they uh, uh, to what they lost back in 2015. So. Um, yeah, <laughs> you can turn. You might can turn your mic down. Um, uh, and and so so they've been on strike now since April first. They've been on strike since April first in negotiations with the company. And if you would believe it, the lead negotiator for the company said in negotiations that she thinks these people get paid too much. Again, they are the worst compensated group of coal miners uh, of union coal miners in the country in the country and uh, the lead negotiator for the company thinks that they get paid too much so they've been on strike now for about eight weeks and uh, they have begun escalating their tactics and uh, they used not for the first time but the uh, the 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 um, the most so far the, the, the largest use of this tactic so far happened on Tuesday. Uh, nonviolent civil disobedience. Um, there were 11 uh, local and international union leaders that uh, sat in the road to in order to not allow scabs uh, in and out of the mine for about three hours or something like that and they were arrested so we have got um we have got daniel sweat on the line now um daniel is is paralegal is that an appropriate title for you or would it just be legal assistant no so hi hi everyone uh (laughs) i'm daniel sweat um i am actually a second year law student at vanderbilt law um, I am a law clerk. Uh, during law school, you spend your summers working for firms who, you know, teach you the ropes. And I am a law clerk at Birmingham's Quinn Connor Weaver Davies Rocco, which is the preeminent Alabama union side labor law firm. 
awesome, awesome. So law clerk would be your your title. So then, yeah, you know, so so Daniel, there were eleven people that were arrested, eleven local and international leaders uh, from the United Mine Workers of America who were arrested on Tuesday. Can you tell us ex- like what it was? They is that an accurate summation of what they were doing? Like sitting in the road for uh, at, you know, however many I, I can't remember exactly how how many hours it was stopping scabs from coming in and out of the mines and um uh, right that's about what they were doing yeah so they uh earlier that day they sent out the call to action and from what i understand they did a march for several miles and ended up there and then a group of them proceeded to block the entrance and just, you know, sit down peacefully, not bother anyone. And among them was Cecil Roberts, the president of the uh, United Mine Workers of America, alongside uh, several people from the AFL-CIO National who had come down to support, and then several local miners from the district and the locals. Gotcha, gotcha. And so they were arrested. Can you tell us exactly what they were arrested for and, and kind of what that looks like from the time that they were arrested and uh, through the next couple yeah. Of days? Yeah, no, of course. So um, several weeks ago in, in Tuscaloosa County, Fort, there was an injunction put in, um, and the injunction is is put into, in the hopes of the court, somehow balanced between the allowing the company to conduct their business while also giving the mine workers a ability to picket and show themselves. And, you know, I think it's up for debate how that works because it's hard to, you know, put the company on the back foot when you're not a al- when they're allowed to do the job without you mm-hmm. um and so they were arrested in violation of the injunction really quickly spell and, out for us what that injunction did and what that was in like what you know why did they why was that injunction granted like why was it granted and what did it do specifically Yes, yeah, so the injunction is granted to, and so that is something that is really interesting. So there's labor laws done on the federal level. There's a federal level of it that is, you know, as your listeners know, the National Labor Rights Act and whatnot. But something like this, an injunction is on a local state level. And that means that all 50 states do that differently in relation to labor law. And then labor law can go beyond the National Labor Rights Act on the state level. And in Alabama, the state level laws are, with the seminal case is Dixie Electric. It's from 1976 or 1978, where um, the Alabama Supreme Court really set the standard that for these injunctions and whatnot that the company could not really be um, put out where you can't really stop their activities, essentially. And so this injunction was put in, and what it said was, you know, 
the miners are only allowed to have so many people on the picket line. Um, the miners can only have so they can't have alcohol there, for example. They can't block the road. They can't obstruct the view of the road. Um, they can, and that was something that if your listeners would check the mine workers Facebook or any of the other miners, there was a thing with signs. So the mine workers had put out signs in support of the strike on the road and the company came through and they took them all out and cited the injunction <laughs> as the basis for allowing them to do that, saying that these little like election signs were blocking right. the view mm. and they, and the, you know, Nom, uh, the normative is that that also prevents the company from stopping the strikers in their picket. But at the end of the day, it can appear, I think, lopsided. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I would say so. And so they were arrested. Um, so so the, the 11 folks were arrested um, ostensibly in violation of the injunction. Yes, yes. So they were uh, arrested ostensibly in, you know, locking trespass. And at the end of the day, it's for violation of the injunction. And so what happened was that they were arrested and they were brought to Tuscaloosa County Jail. And they sat there until um, local lawyers and the union posted bonds for them. And they got out about, I think, Four to four thirty a.m. So they were there from from when the sun was still up to mm-hmm. early in the morning. And so, what happened now is that they, you know, that's happened, and they will. This bond has been posted, and as long as they don't, you know, jump bonds, they appear at their court date when that is scheduled, then they will be given their money back. And then there's the question of, you know, with these injunctions is that legally you can't be, you know, this is not legal advice, obviously, but it's hard, it's hard to get arrested for an injunction if you don't have notice of the injunction. And it's not notice of, you know, I heard about it, but it's like a legal notice. You have to know about it up to a certain standard. And, there's questions about if, you know, if these people have noticed to be in violation of the injunction. And that Dixie Electric case that I cited earlier says that the Alabama courts will find unions in violation of injunctions and temporary restraining orders on behalf of their membership because mm. the entity is liable for its members. And that mm. is something that is not the standard by the country by any means um not all states do it like that right that's just how they do it in alabama and let's say you and david or one of your listeners went down on the line it's very unlikely they could be found in violation of the injunction because you were never served it or Mm. and you lack the legal notice of it Mm, and we aren't members of the Miners union, so the miners union doesn't have a responsibility to inform us of the ramifications no. of the injunction. No, they do not. Okay, okay. Um, so I, I've got. A, uh, the, the, can they be? 
can they be charged with something else, like with trespassing or, or blocking the road, even if yes. it's not yes. um, a violation of the injunction? I actually think that is what they were brought in for. Okay, so even so, the violating the injunction would just kind of increase the penalty. Then, yeah. So to be found in so that contempt is one of the most complicated legal things. I mean, in law school, I actually last semester took a class dedicated to legal remedies, which among them is like contempt of you know you know because when we think contempt, we think someone's mouthing off to the judge but there's actually three other forms of contempt uh and what they would be found of is what's called civil contempt and civil contempt is when you are in contempt of something like a injunction outside the courtroom Mm -hmm. and you actually have a constitutional right to a notice and due process with civil contempt so that's where the notice requirement comes in. But then there's also a due process where you can't be found in civil contempt unless you are provided a hearing before the judge to make your case that, you know, I wasn't actually found in contempt. I tried the best I could. It's Mm -hmm. wrong for me to be punished for this. And Mm -hmm. you can't be punished punitively. So when we think contempt, we think, what's called criminal contempt where it's like $500 fine, $500 fine. That's not something that can happen. You could be theoretically fine, but you can only be fine in what would be required to bring you into following the injunction to Mm. write your course. You can't be punished punitively by the court for it. And, you know, I think that's something that the company wants to sneak in is they want to punitively punish these people. Right. When that's not how the law works. So what if, so so you said, you know, um, kind of ostensibly like if myself or Adam or David or one of our listeners went down there, we couldn't be found in violation of the injunction. Um, but, you know, presumably we could be charged with blocking the roads, blocking traffic, uh, trespassing, things like that. But what if, you know, does, you, you know, so obviously like, our most of our shows everything except last weekend is like archived and you can go back and see and we've talked about this injunction we've talked about it so like and and i'm talking to you about it now so like if let's say if i did that because of my having like exhibited knowledge would that be could i be found in violation of the injunction or do i have to actually have like a legal notice for it to mean anything Obviously, a listener, it would be different for a listener. They could just say, oh, I missed that episode. But, like, it would be hard for me to be like, oh, no, I didn't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It would probably be hard. And, I, you know, I, it's hard for – I can't exactly remember the case. I think it's ex parte Wilson, 1965. It's the Alabama Supreme Court case involving Martin Luther King – or, no, ex parte Walker is the name of it. Mm-hmm. And it involves – Martin Luther King and the Civil Rights Act, 1965, Alabama Supreme Court. It went to the United States Supreme Court on a different legal question. And in that case, Martin Luther King and the other leaders of the Civil Rights March were found in contempt because they were served notice. But many of the members were not found because they had simply heard of it. Mm. You know, they knew in an abstract fashion that they think that they weren't allowed to do that but they weren't exactly aware. 
And there is a case, in that case, there was an individual who was kind of in that liminal state in between being served with it like Martin Luther King was and then just knowing about it. And I believe that person was found in contempt. Mm-hmm. So you should probably not archive this one. <laughs> well, I gotcha. probably screwed up the, and pressed the wrong button anyway, so hopefully we yeah, didn't have yeah. to worry well, about there, that this morning. There you go. There you go. Uh, I mean, Adam Adam could just say he wasn't ha- he didn't have his headphones in. That's right. Um, I, I haven't so been listening. He, I, Adam I'm hasn't been listening. David doesn't have any headphones on right now, so he hasn't heard anything that we're saying. So, okay, so help us understand what are going to be the, uh, like, what is it going to lo- look like for the 11 people that were arrested moving forward? Like, what can they expect for... The and and we've got about three minutes left on this side. We may have to bring you back on the other side of the break. But help us understand, like, what are going to be the punishments for these three or, or for these eleven people that were arrested? Like, um, in both scenarios, if they can't if they can't be found in contempt, and if they're just found uh, in violation of like trespassing and blocking the roads, and then if they are found in contempt, yeah. like, what are going to be those the two those two scenarios? Because that looks like what we're looking at. Well, you know, at the end of the day, it's up to the up to the court to decide um contempt the company can ask for things but of what they should be found in contempt and what the amount or what the punishment might be but at the end of the day it is up to the judge and you know i think that so this wednesday there was a hearing about in tuscaloosa county on behalf of the union where um the company had sent a motion to amend the injunction and they uh, and that was when they did the they blocked the road last week in a, an act of civil disobedience with their arms together and then this Thursday they had a uh, meeting and what happened was the conclusion was next Wednesday is going to be a, a show cause hearing and in a show cause hearing what happens is is that the party that is uh aimed at being possibly held in contempt they have to show cause for their act and um they have to show you know why this happened what happened and you know just in an editorial sense quickly before your break you know i think that the judge and i think that many people are understanding of the minors and where they are right now Hmm. um the there was a regressive offer by the company this week and you know these people are tired they're hungry and they want a conclusion mm-hmm. and i i the company shouldn't be allowed to goad these people right. to push them to the line and then cry uh cry foul and corner them i mean they're cornering these people and then they get upset when this the miners peacefully, without resistance, when arrested or anything, they act in a uh, concerted activity of civil disobedience. Right, right. Yeah, that that's... Uh, 
I mean, that's that's exactly right. Like, I don't, um, you know, there there's just the there's no justification for what the company is doing uh, as far as what they're what they're offering these people for their contract or for their behavior during these negotiations. So we're going to bring you back on the other side of the break to help us understand uh, what the legal battle is going to look like moving forward. Uh, and then we'll let you go. And I appreciate your time, uh, Daniel, talking to us. Uh, you know, me and David have both been really impressed with your knowledge, uh, especially as a as a student. And uh, and so we appreciate your time uh, ca- calling in on, on your way back up to Nashville. Um, and so we're going to be talking to him about that on the other side of the break. And then after that, um, I think that uh, I think that Adam is going to have some stuff for us to talk about about the school board here in Huntsville. Um, so he, he knows some stuff about that. I've seen him posting about that this morning, so I may let him rant for a bit. So, folks, make sure you stay tuned. Don't, uh, don't move the dial. You're listening to the Valley Labor Report, and uh, we're going to be right back. You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison. Put it there, boy. We'll show these fascists what a couple of hillbillies can do. All right, folks, we are back. This is the Valley Labor Report. We are coming to you live online and on the radio without commercials, courtesy of the Alabama AFL-CIO. My name is Jacob Morrison, here with my co-hosts David Story and Adam Keller. We are talking to Daniel Sweat, law clerk extraordinaire for Unionside Law Firm down in Birmingham. Uh, Daniel? Um, so, hey, hey, <laughs> so help us. Yeah. Long help us. No yeah. Long time. Yeah. It's been a minute, been a minute. Um, so help us understand, you know, you said that there was a hearing on Thursday. Uh, what can we, uh, I mean, at least for these 11 and then, you know, presumably that this is part of an escalation of tactics, presumably they're going to engage in more civil disobedience. So like, what can we expect? When can we expect for the, uh, the resolution for these 11 that were arrested and what can we expect going forward in the legal battle against warrior Matt over civil disobedience? Well, shoot, you know, that first question, what's going to happen to the 11 might be above my pay grade. Um, that's up to the Tuscaloosa County clerk when, uh, they go, when they go before, when a resolution might happen for them. I mean, it's, it's likely what was going to happen if their charges are going to be dropped. I mean, uh, no, I don't think anyone, they're not going to put the AFL CIO up for misdemeanors in Tuscaloosa County. Uh, it's just, it's just too much. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I don't think I, I think from that physical act, I think it's fair to say that there will likely obviously this is not legal advice. It's likely that there's not going to be any real uh, repercussions from that. Um, now, what's going to happen is that in a weird way, that act is tied up in these hearings for contempt. And in that case, what would happen is that if the union is found in contempt, um, they could possibly suffer some sort of consequence because of that previous 
civil acts of civil disobedience and from now forward other acts and that is it, it just depends on if they are found in contempt and what the consequences the judge decides are um i don't think well i take it back i think a lot of people think that that's not going to stop their acts of civil disobedience um mm-hmm. and i think that the union is going to do what they think is best and i think the many lawyers both in tuscaloosa um working with them on the ground and in birmingham are going to continue to support and work with them regardless of what they choose to do um that is not something that is going to that's not something coming from the lawyers to them and i think that as in the greater picture conclusions with the mining, I mean, that's also something that is up to the miners and the company. Um, if the company comes in bad faith, unfair labor, labor, unfair labor practice charges can be filed and whatnot, but that is something that the union has to stand in solidarity and go up against the company in the negotiations um, for the contract. And I think as we can see now that the company is, you know, they're being obstinate. <laughs> they, they have no uh, interest in coming to the table in good faith um, and to talk about it. Right. Yeah. Well, they like you said, you, you mentioned this in passing, but I don't I, I, I'm sure that there are a lot of people that don't know what that means. You said that the company gave y'all a regressive offer, gave the union a regressive offer, which means that the offer that they gave them last week or the week before that was less than the first offer that they gave them. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, a regressive offer. A regressive offer is a concept in labor law where in negotiations, a company gives an offer that's worse than what was what was an offer before. I mean, uh, it's, it's like the art of the deal for companies. Um, and it, it can be an unfair labor practice, but it is only an unfair labor practice if it was an offer was put before the strike. Mm-hmm. And then they do an un- they do a regressive offer right after that once the strike has commenced. Um, what they did isn't uh, illegal. Their regressive offer or anything. And I think if anything, it really speaks to the need for something like the right. Pro Act that I'm sure your listeners are aware of. Um, but yeah, so aggressive offer is just a tactic in. Uh, labor contract negotiations and it can be used for a variety of purposes one of which is to goad members of the union mm-hmm. into uh, acts that they might then be used against the union in court right yeah I mean isn't like that is so you know you'll I, I think most normal people listening are going to be like that's insane that this that this regressive offer would be illegal if because it would be bargaining in good faith and people in contract negotiations are obligated by law to bargain in good faith and that includes the union uh you know the the workers are obligated to bargain in good faith but this um uh, uh but this would be illegal if they had given if the company had given the 
first offer before the strike. Uh, so if they had given one offer yeah. before the strike and now gave an offer that was less than the first offer, that would be um, that would be illegal. But since the first offer didn't come until after they struck, it's not illegal and it's fine. Like that's just that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it, it's it's really you know it's complicated. I have to pull up the NLRB board decision that really institutionalized that. Um, but it you know it's kind of one of those things where okay, the strike is happening and the mine workers are holding firm, and because they're so good at their job <laughs> right. and so good at striking, the company is now suffering financial consequences and. Therefore, they can't give you as good an offer. <laughs> it's really a slap in the face. That's I the mean, logic it, behind it. You know, and even though this is not technically illegal, it certainly shows where Warrior Met's mindset is at, that they are approaching this from a punitive standpoint. You know, both the regressive offer and uh, their use of the injunctions, which, you know, in like you like you alluded to all of this sort of reiterates the need for some labor law reform in this country and and certainly judges in our local and, and state mm-hmm. courts that are a little bit more labor friendly and not so uh, beholden to the bosses yeah no no i completely agree all right. Well, Daniel, I appreciate you calling in. That was very informative. Again, I just I, I want to reiterate like how uh, how how impressed David and I have been, and I'm sure Adam as well with with uh, you know how how much you know. And I really appreciate it, and hope hope that uh, uh, you'll be able to call call back in every now and again and give us an update. May may ask you to call in again next week if you're not busy to to let us know how the hearing goes on on Thursday. I believe it was that you said. Um, but uh, but we'll see, and and uh, we'll keep in touch, Daniel. And uh, you know, thanks so much for talking to us i appreciate it yeah thanks for having me y'all have a great weekend yep you thanks too. you too all right folks we've been talking to daniel sweat he is a law clerk for a union side law firm down in birmingham alabama about the uh legal side of this uh of the strike down in brookwood and so now uh we're gonna talk we're, we're gonna let adam talk about education here in huntsville for a bit adam what's the what's the latest What's the latest well, on that front? Sure. Just a real quick update. Uh, some of you may have uh, remember that one of the school board members, Walker McGinnis, actually stepped down recently. And this is the second time this has happened just in the last couple of years. Uh, previously, District 5 rep Pam Hill had, had to step down due to health reasons. And so... What happens in that scenario, and at least in Huntsville, uh, it does vary from place to place, but in Huntsville, when you have a vacancy on the school board in between elections, that puts it into the city council's ball. Uh, you know, the ball's in their court with city council. So they have accepted uh, some applications. Apparently, there were six applications. They had to narrow it down to five, and then the city council will basically pick from those five folks um and they did just release those names Uh, i don't have them right in front of me here but i think that's something you got to stay tuned those of you who have kids in huntsville city schools or or certainly those educators who working in huntsville city schools uh, because you know there's five people in the school board 
So three of those five can really impact your life, mm-hmm. um, you know, from the policies that are in place to uh, local pay scales. Right. Um, you know, so bread and butter issues for the employees, as well as uh, a lot of, of impact on the students and parents. So, you know, stay tuned to Huntsville City Council. Uh, I encourage you to contact your council members. Uh, and in this case, to me, even if you don't live uh, inside the city limits of Huntsville, but you work for Huntsville City Schools, reach out mm-hmm. to those city council members because their decision will impact your life. Uh, and you certainly have a right to uh, voice your questions and your concerns. I would share what do you want to see in a school board member, what makes a good one, what makes a bad one. Uh, certainly, I would hope that anyone the council would appoint would be someone who enters that position with the best interest of the students and educators and parents in mind uh, not just you know ulterior motives to yeah. uh, pad some friends pockets uh, unfortunately local school boards both here and, and across the country um, often are, are infiltrated by folks with mm-hmm. ulterior motives who are looking to make some private money uh, out of the public coffers and so that's something to just keep your eye on, especially those of you uh, somehow tied up with Huntsville City Schools. Yeah. Has that happened in Huntsville? Yeah, yeah. So it, it did uh, just a couple of years ago when, when Pam Hill uh, stepped down due to health reasons. Uh, she was the District 5 rep. And in that case, uh, they actually appointed, the city council actually appointed the person who had ran against her in the previous election cycle. Uh, and I know in this case, uh, Ryan Renaud had run against Walker McGinnis, and he is one of the finalists for the uh, the city council appointment. So we'll see if they follow that precedent. They certainly don't have to. Uh, ultimately, it's up to them on you know how they decide to pick that. There's no real criteria spelled out in law as to what they have to ask. Uh, you know, there's just some basic requirements like passing a background check. You have to live in the district. But beyond that, it's it's pretty much up in the air. So, yeah, um, no, no, I meant I meant um, have has the local school board ever uh, padded um, private enterprises <laughs> pockets uh, out of our? I don't, uh, I don't even think we have enough money. time to uh, get to that today. But yeah, there there's certainly many companies in North Alabama who have uh, made quite a bit of money off of Huntsville City Schools uh, and other school systems as well. But. Uh, and I know this past weekend I had the pleasure to talk with Kenzo Shibata, uh, who is mm-hmm. a, a teacher and an activist with the Caucus of Rank and File Educators in the Chicago Teachers Union. And it was amazing how many parallels there are. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. Chicago is one of the biggest school systems in the whole country, uh, but it's amazing how many parallels there are to corporate reform and privatization up there uh, that eventually finds its way down here to little Alabama. Uh, and it starts often in the bigger metros like Huntsville and Birmingham and then, you know, trickles out to more rural areas, wherever the money's at. Yeah. Usually the big metro systems have more money, therefore a bigger target on their back by various consultants and contractors and property developers and all these other folks with private interests that you know really have nothing to do with the best interests of the students that are there and, and the employees that are in the schools right right yeah that's exactly right and that's that's another reason that i hate so much that uh we didn't have a local recording of that because i wanted to go back because i was taking a nap while you were talking to kenzo and i really wanted to go back and listen to that and i really wanted to go back and listen to kim uh when she was talking to y'all uh but you know woulda shoulda coulda 
So, but I, I do want to just reiterate how awesome uh, this past weekend was, and what a collective effort it really was. Um, you know, there were people from all over the country and all over the world actually who donated. Mm-hmm. There was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, like well over 3,500 people made donations. It was mostly right. small donations too. It wasn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the. We one. don't have many, uh, you know, uh, wealthy listeners right. or supporters in the labor movement. I mean, so. that's one of the amazing things, you know. Like just from our PayPal, we had about sixty-five thousand and some odd hundred dollars, um, and then uh, at the the day of, there was a cash donation box that got like maybe three or four thousand, and then hometown action had uh, they collected three or four thousand as well. So in total, the thing the thing raised like seventy thousand dollars roundabouts. And um, as far as on the PayPal, there was one donation of five hundred dollars. There were a few donations of two hundred dollars, several of one hundred, and the rest was like. 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50, you know, like not, you know, not people. It wasn't like there were 65 people that throw in a thousand dollars. It was literally hundreds, thousands of people that donated uh, to support these miners. Like you said, from all over, all over the country, all over the state, all over the world. Uh, we, We saw some donations from like Japan and Finland and stuff. I mean, it's like, it was amazing. And it was inspiring uh, to see just the love and the solidarity and the wisdom that was being shared both at the event uh, and our our live stream and through the donations uh, online, people promoting it, and uh, just I can't thank uh, Jacob and David and Lee Baines enough for all they did to put this event on. It wouldn't have happened without you guys. Um, you know, y'all made Alabama history. Truly, uh, I can't think of another event quite like this that we had this past weekend with so many different people involved to support a good, righteous cause of miners on strike against the epitome of corporate greed. Uh, you know, it's shocking the more you find out about this story, just how despicable this yeah. company really is. And so I, I hope that this was something that moving forward in the labor movement here in Alabama and, and across the country that folks can do more of. Mm-hmm. Um now we're pretty tired and beat up from the last weekend, so it won't be us uh, anytime won't be soon. Us. Yeah, not anytime uh, soon for sure. But, but I don't know. I could see us doing like one a year of these. But it it, it really was. It was amazing. Um, that's what the labor movement can do. Mm-hmm. We we saw the potential of what it can do, bringing people together um, across race, across gender, across you know political parties and ideolo- ideologies. Um, folks just coming together to support one another to have each other's back Um, and there were a lot of conversations we had about you know we're here to support you to have your back and we know that one day you know what you'll have our back if we need it Uh, because that's that's what it's all about and uh, yeah I'm just still honored and, and privileged that I even got to play a small part in it and oh man you, you know play, I have, I have I mean, a tremendous tre- tremendous respect uh, Jacob Morrison David Story Lee Baines in particular but there of course were so many others who, who made it a great event and a great weekend but uh, you three guys in particular uh, you know you deserve all the credit in the world for that oh man well I mean you were right there in the middle of it with us so uh, uh, 
you know, we uh, it, it couldn't have happened if, if everybody hadn't everybody that that chipped in uh, had to chip in to make it what it was. And, and, there, and there were people who maybe couldn't chip in, but were sharing it on social media. Mm-hmm. They were tuning into the live stream. There was just so many different. Oh, small Charles acts. Hastings would be. Uh, we would be remiss if we're if we're na- name dropping people that that really helped. Uh, Charles Hastings did so much art for us. Uh, yeah, most of awesome it, art. Yeah, too. most of it pro bono. Um, uh, the vast majority of it pro bono. Uh, all of the animations that he made for us were pro bono. Um, he made some flyers for us, and it was real. It was really cool um, being able to have that. To, like whenever we needed a break, needed to go to the restroom, or like we could we weren't able to get a camera out there during the concert, so we just had the audio. So we were able to play one of his um, one of his animations and turn the sound off while we were playing the concert. Um, it was it was just uh, uh, it was just really really cool um, having that art and and I think that he was able to uh, I think that he was able to get a boost in his profile so we we really hope that 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 worked out for him and he is he's got a he's doing some kind of auction today with a bunch of his art yeah I, I believe he's down at the uh, Meridian St- Street flea market downtown yeah, Huntsville yeah, yeah. Uh, he's going to be when there I that? think till 6pm till 6pm I think he's and, already there if I'm not mistaken okay. he'll, he'll be there till 6pm and he's trying to get get some art sold I think yeah, he's getting ready want... to move so it would be a great time oh, to, yeah. to support this local artist who supported the labor movement absolutely and if you can't make it out there in person uh, then you can find him on social media at solo monk 256 on twitter that is at solo monk 256 on twitter uh, or you can go to uh, church of self all one word all lowercase church of self on instagram church of self on instagram to find more information and uh, you you can you know I'm, I'm sure that he's got a paypal or a venmo or something that you can send money to and he can mail you something so uh, you know if you want to go support him um then that would be a, that would be going there in person, buying something from him, or uh, getting something from him online. Uh, that would be really helpful uh, as well. And and you could uh, sh- you know show him that we appreciate uh, his help. But yeah, it was it, it was great. I really enjoyed having his having his uh, his art on uh, helping us on the stream. Yeah, it takes all types. It really does. Yeah. Any, any type of uh, collective effort, uh, whatever talents you may have, whatever skills you have. Uh, no one person can do it alone, but the more of us there are, the more we bring to the table. And I think this weekend really demonstrated that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we did this just to help. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't anything beyond that. It exceeded our expectations in terms of the money raised and, and the participants uh, certainly exceeded the expectations. And it really, really was because we felt there was a there was an opportunity to have the back of these folks on strike. Um, they're, they, I think, believe they just finished week eight on strike. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this, that's what it was about. 1,100 rank-and-file miners and their families yeah. who right now are, are struggling to, <clears throat> to stay in this fight uh, while taking care of themselves, and, and they're in a hard place. And I hope that you know, by getting this, this donation that it lifted their morale a little bit. Um, it wasn't anything other than that. Um, I, I speak for all of us, I think, in that we're not interested in getting credit uh none of us were looking to build a name or a brand or clicks or anything like that i know that's a a problem out there in politics oftentimes uh it's hard to find folks who really are in it for the cause but i I can i can testify that uh jacob david lee and, and the other folks involved in this operation were 
hundred percent coming from coming from good faith, coming from their hearts. And I think that's why we were able to make such success. Yeah, yeah. All, all we want to do is, uh, is help workers. There is a, uh, some of the folks that came on the uh, stream for one of the uh, graveyard shifts at like 2 a.m. Uh, was Matt Bernico from the Magnificast. And when I asked him <laughs> if, he could, if he could talk to us at 2 a.m. on a Sunday morning, his his only or his his only reply was anything for the workers. So right. uh, and that was the spirit of the yeah, whole weekend. That, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. There, there was a lot of, uh, yeah, there, there was a lot of uh, late night, early morning interviews and, you know, David out in the heat trying to cook 400 pounds of mm-hmm. meat for those folks. He's showing a, a big yeah. gash he got. There was blood, there was tears, there was plenty <laughs> of sweat yeah. uh, that came out of it, but nothing compares to the sacrifices that these guys are making Absolutely. on the line. And that's, you know, we, we are just honored that we could play a small part to help them hold the line. And, um, you know, so that that's what the labor movement can do. That's the potential that we have to come together and support one another, because at the end of the day, that's all we really have. Yeah. yeah. David, do you want to you want to say anything um, this morning? Especially since I, I, if I'm not mistaken, you're going to. Well, I mean, I yeah, I mean. Oh, yeah. His microphone is not. All right, now you're live, David. Not quite. You're getting you know, yeah, he's on now. Yeah, he's on. Yeah, you're good. I can hear you. Okay. You sure? Set yeah, number I can three. Hear you. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, I ain't got anything to say. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> All that fanfare for naught. Yeah, yeah, a little well. bit anticlimactic, but yeah. there you go. Uh, <laughs> I just uh, point of personal privilege for me. Uh, I have the utmost respect for David's story. It's one of the hardest working union guys I've ever met. My my don't play it up. Years. Don't no, I'm not it playing up. it up, dude. I'm, I'm being 100 percent sincere. Gonna have to mute, mute uh, your mic if you keep yeah. protesting. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I, I'm being sincere here. Anyone who's yeah. been around in the labor movement up here in North Alabama, you know David. You know how hard he works and uh, he does it out of a true commitment of his values and you know unfortunately that's not always you know easy to find and uh, so I've learned a lot from David Uh, I've been blessed to go to some trainings with him and and he's been trying to teach me the ropes of this radio show I know I won't do it justice uh, for what he has done but uh, you know yeah, and beyond, beyond what you've done in the movement, you've done a lot just by building up this radio program. So I want to thank you publicly for all you've done on behalf and, of workers. And I want to, I mean, and I, I just want to say that it has been, I mean, it like uh, being a, like knowing him before the radio show, we, we had gotten fairly close before the radio show uh, for, for a year or two. And then uh, the, being with him every Saturday and talking with him just about every day, all hours of the day. <laughs> in between the radio yeah Man, i mean my been, wife my uh, wife uh i guess uh coined you as my second wife yeah. so <laughs> yeah so it, i mean i have just i've thoroughly enjoyed getting to know david i think one of the things that i have said 
publicly is that every every couple of weeks you learn something absolutely crazy. Like it was years before I knew that he uh, played the guitar or spoke three languages, at least three languages. I mean, I don't know. Maybe yeah. He well, my wife called you years. called you out for that because she said Jacob said fluently, and I'm like, yeah, well, conversationally, I don't, you know, so <laughs> and probably both so broken now that it's 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 not even funny. But. Yeah, but I mean, he's just like uh, his his commitment to working people, his commitment to his union brothers and sisters is absolutely unrivaled and he I mean I I have I and and it all started it all started from me yelling at him on, on yeah. Facebook yeah it's so, crazy. So it's yeah, a rare good thing to come out of uh, right. Facebook yelling. Yeah. I mean, truthfully, yeah. If you think about it, it's insane. But yeah, yeah. I was I a mean, bit here more respectful than maybe yelling at him. On well, and I saw anyway. you had shared something not too long ago um, about a labor notes training we went to. All the three of us, you know, I didn't talk with you guys in advance, but we just ended up all in the same training in Birmingham. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing to see, you know, what all has transpired since then. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you plant that seed, and it's 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 pretty crazy to watch it grow, you know. So, yeah, like I think labor notes has been a big part of what we've done. Yeah, you know, meeting there in Birmingham, and then, I mean, I don't know, was uh, IWW before then or after then? I think it. It might have been right around the same time. time, But yeah, yeah, I mean, the whole thought was just to just just to grow the labor movement, and that's and and you know, and I think that last weekend kind of showed the worth of this this project that we've got here, um, because you know, a couple of years ago you wouldn't have been able to you wouldn't have even had a union radio show in alabama much less one capable of pulling in enough people and uh from from enough places to raise seventy thousand dollars in one weekend you know i mean so i think i think that this project is worthwhile and i think that it wouldn't have gotten obviously it wouldn't have gotten off the ground without david and uh it wouldn't be it it wouldn't without all of us yeah i mean uh, it, it's been a it's been a great project to be a part of, and I'm so proud to uh, uh, to have been a part of it and to continue being a part of it. And I'm so so proud to be able to know David, and I know that uh, you know that's going to be a uh, that's going to be a relationship that that I'll have for the uh, you know for little the shower rest of, shower for, next week. Yeah, well, of, well, I was going to say for the rest of my life, but I said, but at least for the rest of his at life, which might, might not be that much longer because yeah. you know, he's old. So, Lord, if we keep this up, it's going to be just. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, not going to be much longer at all. 